heroes of the faith are listed in Hebrews 11, and they're there because their faith in God was seen in their actions. You can see in the lives that they lived that they trusted the Lord. And because they trusted the Lord, they obeyed the Lord. And it was accounted to them as faith. And now last week we learned about Moses, yes, and how he was called to free the people of Egypt from slavery. And today we're going to be looking at the life of Joshua. Say Joshua. Yes. And so we're going to be looking at his life. And this is indeed the story of Joshua. But I want to preface this message already by saying that this is the story of God in Joshua's life. This is the story of a God who was active and present in the life of Joshua. Because I I need us to look at that. For me personally, I'm believing that God is speaking to me this morning. I want to put up a uh, timeline of Joshua's life. Let's just have a look at this guy. So you're going to see some things at the bottom. Oh, there they are. So Joshua was first a conqueror. Well, actually, no, not first. We're going to Benjamin Button this. Does anybody know that reference? We're going to look at it in reverse, okay? If you don't know what Benjamin Button is, this is backwards. We're going to start at the, at the end, that Joshua was a conqueror. Actually, at the very end of his life, Joshua died at the ripe old age of 110 in the land of his inheritance, which is pretty cool because look at where he starts out. He was born a slave in Egypt. But he died at 110 in the land of his inheritance. That should get somebody excited. But he was a conqueror. He conquered 31 cities for God. He was called, where Moses was called to lead the people out of slavery, he was called to lead them into the promise. And he conquered, say conquered. 31 cities, man, that is cool. He's even the guy, this is less known about Joshua. We know him about the walls of Jericho, right? We know the story of Jericho. That's the very first city and like a long stream of cities that this guy conquered for the Lord, that the Lord enabled him to do this work. But he was the guy that commanded the sun to stand still, and it did for a whole day. That is cool. But the reason that we need to look at God in Joshua's life is because if you were going to go, what did you conquer recently? I might be like, I four. (laughs) That's what I did. Hallelujah. Amen. Yes. Okay. But look, he crossed the Jordan River. And the reason that is super cool is because Moses parted the Red Sea, right? And do you remember this story? Moses parted the Red Sea and the people walked through on dry land and God was there. Hallelujah. Well, it happened again. Go back and read your word. It happens again, but it's the Jordan River. And the Bible says that it was in flood season. And God sent the priest carrying the presence of God in the Ark of the Covenant. And it split the waters and they walked through. That is really cool. But I might disconnect from this story because if you ask me what I parted recently, I might be like laundry. This is your pile. This is my pile. Anybody else hearing this? Like, I don't want you to disconnect from this story just because this guy is really cool. He's really cool. But this is the story of God in the life of Joshua. Joshua died in the promised land at 110. He was a conqueror. He crossed the Jordan River, and he received the command of the Lord, which we're, that's going to be our main text today, and we'll get to it in a minute. But that command that said, be strong and courageous. Have I not commanded you? Lead these people. 
Do not turn from the right or the left from the thing that I have told you, and I will be with you always. God was with Joshua, and he received the command of the Lord because Moses died. Man, that's even hard enough. We're going to keep going back. But Moses died, and we're going to explore that a little bit. He wandered in the desert. Joshua wandered in the desert for 40 years, but like it wasn't his fault. We're going to unpack that in a minute. Let's go back. He had some side work as a spy. That's pretty cool. I've always wanted to be a spy. Okay, good morning, everybody. All right, he served Moses. They served he served Moses as, a, as an aide, and before that, or in while that, you can see him sitting in the tent of meeting, meeting God face to face. And first, he was born a slave. This is the story of Joshua. But more than that, this is the story of God reflected in the life of Joshua. Are you hearing that? This is the story of a God who created all things reflected in the life of Joshua. And the reason that needs to be the way that we see this story today is because God is reflected in your life, friend. In all these things, say in all these things. In all these things, we see that God was with Joshua. God was with Joshua, and that's why he was able to be a conqueror. God was with Joshua. And that's why he was able to cross the Jordan River. God was with Joshua. And that's why he was able to walk in a desert for 40 years, even though it wasn't his fault. God was with Joshua. And in all these things, Calvary, Orlando, God is with you. Are you hearing this this morning? God is with you. The same God. Say the same God. You got to believe this today. The same God. Say it again. That was with Joshua is with you today. His presence is here. And he goes with you out of this place. Hear this Calvary Orlando in all these things, God, the Lord your God is with you in every season of your life. The Lord told me you needed to hear this in every season of your life, he's with you. In every victory, in every battle, in every miracle, in every loss, in every trial, in every circumstance, our God is faithful and he is with us. And all these things, the Lord your God is with you. This is what the Lord told Joshua in Joshua chapter 1 and verse 6 through 9. This is our main scripture. Be strong and courageous because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give to them. Be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey all of the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep the book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. And then the Lord says in verse 9, Have I not commanded you? Be strong and courageous. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. For the Lord your God will be with you wherever. Say wherever. Wherever you go. And, there, and I was about to walk over to my rubble here. Isn't this cool? Look at this rubble. Can you guys give it up for the team that made this? Thank you for this rubble. I'm going to talk about this in a second. Jesus gave us the same promise that God gave to Joshua, that I will be with you wherever you go. If you look at Matthew chapter 28, he gives us a command. God gave Joshua a command and said, go lead. Don't turn from the right or to the left from what I've told you to do, and I'm going to be with you. Jesus gives us a command in Matthew 28. He says, go, 
make disciples in every nation, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit. And surely I am with you to the very end of the age. Jesus gave you the same promise that he is with you as you go do the thing he's commanded you to do. Amen? Amen. All right. That was, I need everybody to hear that. All right. So the Lord is with you, believer. And sometimes I need to remember that because I can forget it. I can remember that God is with me in victory. And I can remember that God is with me when things are up and it's warm outside and I've got all the hours of sleep that I need. But life is painful. And loss can tear away at your soul and at your spirit. And if we're not careful, we can miss God even in those things. It's easy to see God in the victories of life, but we may fail to see God who is active and present in every season of our lives in the mess. Say the mess. You see, God is in the mess. In the 31 cities that Joshua conquered, there was victory but there was also a mess that came with it. I mean, if you look at the story of Jericho, God sends Joshua and the priests and the people to march around a city whose walls are so thick and so tall and so wide that people's houses were actually embedded in this wall. And the Bible says that the city was shut up and fortified because of this wall. So they march around the wall once every single day until the seventh day where they march around it seven times. And then they let out a shout of praise and the victory is theirs. The walls of Jericho come tumbling down and there's a victory. Hallelujah, amen. When we follow the Lord and we do what he says, there's victory in our life, but there's also a mess. Look at this rubble. My Enneagram one, I didn't see it in scripture. I wasn't like, and then they were all freaked out over the mess. My Enneagram one read that and I was like, whoa, who dealt with that rubble? What team came in and like restacked it? I would have been like, man, we could have used that wall. That was like a good wall. What are we gonna do with this mess? See, God gave me this word for someone today. I'm serious. I was sitting there. I was praying. I was writing this down, and the Lord dropped something in my spirit. This is for somebody watching online. This is someone for someone in this room today. The mess you find yourself in is actually the victory you prayed for. The mess you find yourself in today is actually the victory that you prayed for. See, I like to think of myself as a woman of valor. I do, a woman of prayer and of faith, but in my humanity, friends, if I can bear this with you, if I can be transparent in my humanity, in my flesh, I want to avoid the mess of life if at all possible. And I'm not talking about dirty dishes or dust, I don't like that stuff either, but I'm talking about the mess of life. Like we want healthy relationships, right? Do we pray, God, send us lifelong friends that will be with us no matter what, that are family-like relationships? I mean, we, we, we pray over this, don't we? Some of us who've got like abandonment issues, we're like, God, just send us people that will be with us, that love us, amen? And we pray and we ask God to give us these deep family-like relationships and then he sends us to church. 
And there are people who are here that don't look like us. And they don't think like us or hold the same opinions. And their political stance is different than ours. And they require a bit more of us than we bargained for. And, and Jesus then calls us to serve one another in love. And to live a crucified life. And he asks you to show up for each other and to prefer one another and to hold each other accountable in truth and love. Whoa. And then to make things right when there's an offense. And it gets a bit messy. But it's that mess that is actually what we prayed for. It's the victory we prayed for. We prayed for relationships and God sends us a mess to work through together. Are you hearing this? And God, we say, God, use us for big and amazing things for your kingdom. Send me, Lord, here am I. And then Jesus said that the world would reject you because it rejected him. Are you hearing this? And he said that there would be persecution when you followed him. And he said that you would have to die to yourself and pick up your cross daily and follow after him. And it gets a little messy. We want polished, sophisticated, refined realities. Let me show it to you this way. My grandfather was a farmer in Groveland, Florida. And he had 15 acres of land and he would grow beans and tomatoes and okra, which I hated, but I liked all the other things. And he would look at a clean uh, parcel of land and that wasn't the victory he asked for. He wanted crops, which meant he would have to upturn the soil. He would have to dismember it. He would have to uproot it. He would have to make a mess to get to the victory that God was calling him to. He would have to like plant seeds and cultivate a harvest. Are you hearing that God is in the mess? See, and I'm going to be really transparent with you guys this morning. Two and a half years ago, God called my family to this church. And I had just built a house. And we liked it. But God said, no, you're going to move to Orlando. And we had just enrolled our kids in school. And they were settled and they were like, good. But God said, you're going to move them to Orlando, to Calvary, Orlando, to this city. And we moved here and our house didn't sell. And we moved here and we couldn't find a place to live. And we were in, in, our, in our family's homes for three months. And it was a mess. And then something small called COVID happened. But that was the victory that I prayed for. This place, this, this city is the victory that we prayed for. But God is in the mess. Amen? Be strong and courageous is what the Lord told Joshua because you will lead these people to inherit the land I swore to their ancestors to give them. There was a lot of mess. Did you hear that? There was a lot of mess between that calling and when they reached the promised land, those 31 cities, there was a lot of rubble that built up. There was a lot of death. There was a lot of work. But it was the land that God had promised them, and God was with them in that mess. Friend, what mess do you find yourself in today? You are called to a purpose. You are called to a great purpose. But there's going to be a lot of mess 
between today and the day that you breathe your final breath fulfilling your purpose. But the Lord says to you, be strong and courageous. Have I not called you? Embrace the mess and don't miss that God is working for you in the mess. Say middle. God is in the middle. Before Joshua conquered the land, remember we're going in reverse. Before Joshua was able to conquer the land, he crossed the Jordan River, which is this really cool story in the Bible. Man, uh, read it in the book. Read the book of Joshua tonight. Like go home. It's not very long. You could probably do it or do it this week. But the book of Joshua talks about how they were supposed to cross the Jordan River to get to Jericho. They had to cross this river in order to get to the thing, to get to the mess, to get to the battle. And God told them, send the priest ahead and, and have them carrying the Ark of the Covenant. Covenant means promise. Say promise. Good. Thank awesome. So they're supposed to cross this Jordan. This is what's really cool about this story that like stood out to me was that when they got down to the water, it was when the priest's feet actually touched the water that the water began to split. Like the stream stopped flowing from one side and stopped flowing on the other side. And the priest stood in the middle, say the middle, with the Ark of the Covenant, which represents God's presence, while everyone else crossed over on dry land and then God gave them this miracle. And it is so cool. But my question to you today, what God wanted me to ask you today is what middle do you find yourself in? What waters do you find yourself in the middle of? Are you in the middle of battling for your health? Are you in the middle of battling for your marriage? Are you in the middle of an old and new season? God is in that middle. I love this picture illustrated by the Ark of the Covenant right in the middle of that water that priests were holding. God's presence was there holding the waters back so they could cross on dry land. And we see that in Isaiah 43, verse 2. God gives us this promise. When you pass through the waters, I will be with you. And when you pass through the rivers, they will not oversweep you. And when you walk through the fire, you will not be burned. The flames will not set you ablaze. I think of three Hebrew boys, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who got tied up and thrown into a furnace for doing the right thing. They loved God, they were faithful, they were good, and the king tied them up and threw them into a furnace. But the Bible tells us that when King Nebuchadnezzar looked into the flames, he said, didn't we throw three guys in there? Then what's going on with this fourth man in the fire? And he looks like the son of God. You see, God is with you no matter what middle you find yourself in today. If you open up your Bibles and you look at Joshua chapter three, you're gonna see the Ark of the Covenant listed in secession over and over again as they're talking about this story. It's so cool. And, and 3.6, it's the Ark of the Covenant. They were getting the Ark of the Covenant ready. In 3.11, they're beginning to move with the Ark of the Covenant. In 3.11, the Ark of the Covenant is in the middle of the water. But if you keep reading, you get to chapter four, verse 15. It says the Ark of the Testimony moved out of that area. Do you understand what that means? Let me bring 
break this down for you one more time. You're not catching it, and that's okay. Covenant means what? Covenant means what? So in the middle of the water was the promise. And it was when they came out of the water that they got a testimony, that they got the story when God kept his promise. Amen? God is with you in the middle. And when you get out of that middle, he is the God of testimony. He gives you because he is faithful to keep his promises. Be encouraged today. And the second thing I want to pull out from this specific story in Joshua's life was the priests. See, they were in the middle with God's presence. And the Bible calls you priests. You are the priests of the new covenant. You are the priests of the new covenant. And in the same way that these priests carried with them the presence of God, you also, church, are called to carry the presence of God with you into someone else's middle. Are you hearing that? You are called to carry the presence of God into someone else's middle. Many of you did this on Saturday at the Saturday Serve Day. I was so blown away looking at the numbers of people who signed up. And as people served Teen Challenge, you were in the middle of someone else as they were working out their salvation and getting out of addiction. As you served the, the, the pregnancy center, you were in the middle. You were in someone else's middle carrying the presence of God as they were battling over their unborn baby's life. Are you hearing that? Those of you who serve in family ministries, those of you who serve in guest services and on our teams, you're in someone else's middle every single Sunday. You're carrying with you the presence of God. Thank you for doing that because you don't know what people are walking in here with. But when you smile and you hold that door open, you're standing in the middle. You're carrying the presence of God into someone else's middle. Now let's go back to this part of the story and I'm almost done with this side of it. When the feet of the priest actually touch the water, that is when the water split. And I felt the Lord give me something very specific for you today on this. Because we are praying, God, use me. I will be someone else's middle. I'll be in someone else's middle. I'll carry the presence of God into someone else's middle. Just bring them over here. But what I hear the Lord telling us to do is we need to walk towards that water and let our feet actually touch the water for it to split. And so as God, as God is talking to you about your coworkers, don't wait for them to come to you. Will you just walk over to them and be in their middle and bring the presence of God into the middle of their marriage, into the middle of their circumstance? The Bible told us in Matthew, he promises that he will give you the words to say at the exact right moment. Touch the water, let it split, let God come out of you. Amen? For your neighbors. Don't wait for them to come to you. You go to your neighbors. Don't wait for someone to knock on your door, open it up and go, can you tell me about Jesus? That's not gonna happen. You walk to them, you let the water split, let God use you in a miraculous way. Be in someone else's middle. And my goodness, don't wait for us to do another ministry, big rally for you to sign up to serve on a team, my goodness. Just hear God saying, go be in someone else's middle and sign up for a team. Hallelujah. Everyone said amen. 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 God is in the mess and God is in the middle. God is also in the change. And I'm wrapping up here soon. God is in the change. Say in the change. See, Joshua 1 starts with a change. The very first words in the book of Joshua chapter 1 is my servant Moses is dead. Now go and lead these people. Now the thing that's kind of remarkable about that 
He's like, you might look at that a couple different ways. You might look at that as like, wow, Joshua got a promotion. And he did. So it's not like wrong to look at it that way. Like God is, like Joshua stepping into the fullness of his calling. Well, that's true, but like change is hard. And Moses was dead. And this is the leader that the people had known that carried them out of Egypt. So now, Joshua, why don't you go lead these people? They had a leadership change for the people and for Joshua. There was a change in address. They went from wandering in the desert as nomads and a way of life where God provided for them manna and God provided for them quail and there was a fire by night and there was a cloud of smoke to go and take the land. There's a change even in their purpose. You know what's crazy about that? I was reading through Joshua in preparation for this message and the manna stopped when they got to Jericho. Like God's miraculous provision that daily took care of them stopped showing a change. There's a change in purpose in this season. But God made me pause on this Moses is dead bit. I was trying to move on from it and, and God made me, I felt a pause of the Holy Spirit. Moses is dead. And I wanted, this is a word for someone here today. Some of you are mourning. There are those of you who are, have experienced a great loss. And this change has affected your heart in such a way and now you're grieving. But God is with you there too. The church said amen. But there are some of you who are mourning and it's a bit confusing. Because the change is ultimately a good one. Like, it's ultimately good that Joshua stepped into the fullness of his calling, and it's ultimately good that they went from being nomads to taking the land. It's ultimately good, but change is still saying goodbye to something that was. Are you hearing that? It's still saying goodbye to something that was. It's still letting go. It's still change, like a child graduating and moving on to college or age doing what it does to our bodies and changing the season and what we're capable of doing. It's good ultimately, but it's still letting go and it's still saying goodbye. God was with Joshua in that change and God is with you in your change. Joshua wandered in the desert. This is a change as well. They went from being slaves to wandering in the desert, but I wanna, I wanna fill you in on this story. This is actually the part of Joshua's life that I personally struggle with the most. Joshua was in the desert for 40 years. He wandered with the Israelites for 40 years, which is a really long detour. But they wandered in the desert, not, it wasn't Joshua's fault. <laughs> See, Joshua, did you remember that slide that said he was a spy? As they moved from Egypt into going towards the promised land, Joshua and his buddy Caleb and 10 others were sent to be spies, say spies, to look out over the land and then come and report back. And Joshua and Caleb came back and they were full of faith and they were like, let's go. God gave us the land. It's time. And they were so excited, but it was the report of the 10 others that said, no, bro. We're like grasshoppers, and they're like giants. If we go in, we're surely gonna die. 
And the people were filled with fear and doubt. And then they started to grumble amongst themselves. And they said, oh, let's just go back. Let's just go back. And it was because of this that God said, you're not going to be able to enter into the promised land. In fact, all of you of this generation will die away. Joshua and Caleb and your children will be able to go into the promised land. And so Joshua, Caleb, and the children wandered in the desert for 40 years. Are you hearing this? This is the thing that I struggled with because he wandered in the desert, but not because of his lack of faith. And it's hard for me because I've walked through detours in my life that were not of my own doing. Anybody else relate with that? I've wandered in deserts of my life that were not my fault. Anyone else ever been there? Like not having what I needed as a child because of the choices of my father. Or not having a relationship with my brother because of his choices. You know, abandonment can feel like a desert. Today, you might be wandering in a desert that's not of your own doing. But you know, God was with Joshua even then. And God was with the children even then. But what desert are you in today because of someone else's choices? You know, maybe you did everything that you were supposed to. Maybe you prayed and you asked for forgiveness and you sacrificed and you pleaded and you made things right, but you still find yourself in a desert. This is the word of the Lord for Joshua in chapter 1, verse 7. He says, be strong and very courageous. Be careful to obey the law my servant Moses gave to you. Do not turn from it to the right or to the left, that you may be successful wherever you go. Keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. Can I be real with you? When I'm in change, when I'm in a desert, it's the actual word of God that keeps me and my faith anchored in knowing who I am because of who he says that I am. And it's meditating on the word of the Lord when I'm in a desert or when I'm in a season of change, when it's my doing or not my doing, that keeps me from turning to the left or to the right for the purposes that God has called me to. It's the word of God that God told Joshua. He said, meditate on this, and it'll keep you from turning to the left or the right. Then you'll be successful. And it's the word of God. Here, this is a challenge from the Lord today. Meditate on the word of God. Stand on his promises when you're in the desert. Stand on his word when you're in the season of change. We know that his word declares that he is for us and not against us. Even in the desert, even in seasons of change that he works all things for our good, even when we're in seasons of change, even when we're in the desert, that he is the same yesterday, today, and forevermore. He is the author and perfecter of our faith. And the word of God says this, hear this today, that it is the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead, that is presently at work in you, resurrecting every part of you, even when you're in the desert, even when you're in seasons of change. But it's these promises that we have to hold on to because they come from the word of God. We have to know the word of God in order to de declare the word of God, amen? You know, we have classes here to help you with that. 
Like on Wednesday night, if you're new to the faith and you don't know how to like open your Bible, that's okay. We have classes on Wednesday nights. You can go through and they can teach you how to use your Bible or how to get into a rhythm. There are people here that want to connect with you and help you walk this out so you can meditate on the word of the Lord, so you can be successful wherever you go. This is the story about Joshua. But this is the story about God in Joshua's life. And ultimately, this is the story about Joshua following God who keeps his promises. My last point today is that God goes before you. God went before the Israelites into battle. God went before them in the crossing of the Jordan. God went before them in the death of Moses. God went before them when they wandered in the desert as, a, as a, the fire and the pillar of, of the cloud. God's presence was there and they could see it. God went before them. But God goes before you when you follow him. Like this might seem super like, wait, of course, obviously. I want to I wanna bring you in on this. So do you remember the game Follow the Leader? What was your job? To follow the leader. Yeah. So it wasn't, we were like, okay, what are you going to do? Okay, we're going to follow, we're going okay, to do this. Okay, so you follow the leader, right? You do everything that the leader is doing. Do you remember this game? Okay. The game doesn't work if I do my own thing and then I'm like, hey, leader, come get in front of me. No, I don't, no, no, hey, we're doing this over here. Leader, come, come here. Follow the leader only works when you follow the leader. God went before Joshua because Joshua followed God. You see, there's this really cool thing about Joshua that I love. As you're reading through passages of Moses, you're going to see Joshua's name there too. Moses loved God and Moses followed God and Joshua served Moses as an aid. Like if you're flipping through the scriptures, you're going to see it. And Joshua was by his side and Joshua was serving Moses. He's even listed as Joshua, the servant of Moses. And that the Holy Spirit made me pause on that. You know, sometimes serving God looks like serving people. I know I said that earlier in this message, but I want you to hear it again. God was with Joshua because he was following him. Joshua served the Lord when he served Moses. Are you hearing that? And so I was challenged by those, like, Lord, who am I serving right now? And in so then serving you. Even Jesus said that at the end of all things, there will be people who'll say, you were there for me when I was hungry. You were there for me when I was in prison. You gave me a coat when I was cold. And they'll say, when did we do these things, Lord? And he'll say, when you did it to the least of these, you did it unto me. See, Joshua followed the Lord as he served Moses. And there was this place called the Tent of Meeting where Moses would go in a little tent and a cloud of smoke would cover the face of the door and it represented that God was in there meeting with Moses face to face and the people would see that and they would begin to worship because they were in awe of the very presence of God. Do you know who was in that tent next to Moses? Joshua. And in Exodus, 
33, verse 11. I love this scripture. Man, it just melted my heart when I read it. I don't know if that's being gooey with you guys or not, but it says this. The Lord would speak to Moses face to face as one speaks to a friend. Then Moses would return to the camp. But his young aide Joshua, son of Nun, did not leave that tent. And I just think that's remarkable. This guy ended up being a conqueror, leading the people. This guy crossed the Jordan River, a miracle only compared to that of the crossing of the Red Sea. This guy went, he led the people through the change of the death of Moses. He would command the sun to stand still, but where did it begin? Following God. It started with him meeting with God face to face in a tent. And I tell you that God is with you when you follow him. When I stop telling my kids that they can be anything that they wanna be when they grow up. And before you get mad at me over that, I'll tell you why. Because I know that God has crafted them and created them. He formed them when they were inside of me for a purpose. Not just any purpose, a purpose. Something very specific. And in order to get to that specific thing that they were crafted for, called to, created for, they're going to have to follow God. So I stopped telling them, oh, you can be whatever you want to be. I said, Grace, you need to start praying and asking Jesus what it is that he's calling you to do. And I want to tell you today that God told me to tell you that because you're called to do amazing and wonderful things. And he wants to go before you. But some of us in this place... We're doing our own thing, like that game of follow the leader, and we're asking God to go before us even though he's way over there. There are things that God has put in your life, there are things that God has called you to, and you need to follow him in order to get to it. Amen? Can I challenge you with that today? God is in the mess, and God is in the middle, and God is in the change, and he goes before you when you follow him. He promised to be with you. He said, be strong and courageous and do the things I've commanded you, and I will be with you. How are you following the Lord today? in your relationships, in your finances, and what you're called to do. Today is a good day to get into alignment with what it is that he's asking you to do. Today's a good day to follow Jesus. Today's a good day to say, I know I've got my own plans, but God, I'm gonna set them aside and say, whatever it is that you want for me, I'm just gonna start following you. And sometimes we don't have like the full picture of that. Like even when God called us here to this church two and a half years ago, you know what the Lord gave me? It was a picture in my heart when I was praying. And it was just a little brick. And I would step on that little brick and another little brick would appear in my mind's eye when I was praying. And so, and I would step on that little brick and then it would appear. Sometimes following God is like that. And I'll tell you why I think he does it. So we stay close to him. So we get really close and we're meeting with God in the tent, right? We're meeting face to face and we find ourselves in prayer. We find ourselves going through the word of God and we find ourselves following after Jesus more closely than we could if we did it in our own strength, in our own understanding, in our own wisdom. Today's a good day to follow after Jesus. If you would, will you just bow your heads and close your eyes all over this place?
want to say thank you to those, for all of you, thank you for listening, thank you for being open to what it is that God wants to say to you today, but I want to give you an opportunity to answer the call of God today. So with every head bowed and every eye closed, I know within the sound of my voice, there may be those of you in this place that you've just wandered off or you've never aligned yourself to following Jesus. He promises to be with us and he made himself a sacrifice. He died for us so that we could be close to him, so that we could be forgiven of our sins. And following the Lord begins with following Jesus by making him your savior. And some of you may need to start there today. But if you would say, Pastor Daly, would you pray for me? I need to make Jesus my savior today. I want to begin to follow Jesus or I used to and I want to restart that relationship with him and I need his forgiveness. I need to be made a child of God by making Jesus my savior. If that's you, will you just lift your hand right where you're seated so I can pray for you? I see hands going up. Go ahead and lift them up so I can see. We could pray for you today. Amen. I see one. Anyone else? Two, thank you. Anyone else? Three, amen. I'm gonna trust that there are hands that I don't see, but three, amen. Thank you, Jesus. Here's what we're gonna do. Church, will you pray with them? I'm gonna lead you in a prayer. This is not a magic prayer, but it is a first step in having a a conversation with God saying, I'm gonna follow you, Jesus, all the days of my life. And we're gonna begin that conversation right now. So church, will you pray with me? Jesus, I need you. You made me to be in relationship with you. I have sinned, I've gone my own way, but today I surrender my life to you. Forgive me of my sin, wash me clean, be my savior. Holy Spirit of God, make your house my heart and I will follow you all the days of my life. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Thank you for listening. We hope you've been blessed by the ministry of Calvary Orlando. We invite you to join us in person at Calvary Orlando for one of our Sunday morning worship experiences each Sunday at 10.30 a.m. To find out more about Calvary, please visit our website at calvaryorlando.org. Here you can find our latest events and ministry opportunities. Thanks for listening and God bless.